Hi, everyone, and welcome to Wholesale Change. It's the webcast and podcast from Distribution Strategy Group, where we offer thought leadership for wholesale change agents like you, because if you're on this show, you're probably a wholesale change agent. My name is Ian Heller with Distribution Strategy Group. I'll be hosting this alone today. So if you're here for the lovely Jonathan Bynes, you're stuck with me. Uh, but I suggest you remain anyway because we've got two fascinating guests here, Luca from ABB, Ignacio from Signify. And they're going to talk about how distributors can become more important to manufacturers, as in gain more market share, right? So uh, there's a lot of information here about collaboration and what distributors can do to work more closely with manufacturers and take advantage of resources manufacturers offer. But before we get started, I need to do just a little bit of business. So first I wanna tell you about Customer Experience Rx. If you use Net Promoter Score, or even if you don't, Customer Experience Rx, developed exclusively by Distribution Strategy Group, Strategy Group by my business partner, Jonathan, uh, is a phenomenal, way to understand customer input. Um, and it gives you these this really important look at not only how you're performing in different areas, that's the satisfaction, but how important each of those areas is to customers. So whether it's technical expertise, logistics and delivery, competitive pricing, you'll know exactly what's important to your customers. You'll know how you're performing along each of these dimensions and what you should do about it. This dashboard is really rich. It's got all these pull downs. You get access to it yourself so that you can understand, cut, parse, interpret your own data. It's a phenomenal system. Never seen anything like it. Um, and I can say that because I didn't develop it. Develop it. Jonathan did. Uh, and so I really encourage you to reach out to Jonathan at jbine at distributionstrategy.com. Uh, if you're interested in getting, for the first time, a, a really deep MRI into your customers' opinions of your performance in a way that is highly actionable. Second, I'm delighted to announce that we're doing it again. Applied AI for Distributors is happening June 4th through 6th in Chicago at the Marriott Chicago O'Hare. Uh, we, we have a whole bunch of Technology companies coming back with updated presentations. We'll have some new companies there. Our general session lineup is going to be a combination of people from last year who are updating everything that they've talked about previously. For example, Zach Cass, uh, who used to be the head of go-to-market for OpenAI, the ChatGPT people. He's coming back uh, to update us on everything that's changed in the world of generative AI. And the future of AI is really a, 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 a visionary about where this is all going. Uh, and then we have some new speakers, too. We're going to go in-depth on cybersecurity in the age of AI, for example. Uh, and uh, we'll have a bunch of attendees. The networking is powerful. We just announced yesterday we've already had a bunch of people sign up. Uh, pretty good chance this is going to sell out. So uh, if you want to participate in this conference, I suggest you sign up pretty early. We also have uh, a VIP package for January that gives you a whole bunch of extra benefits um, and uh, so if you go to AppliedAIForDistributors.com, that's AppliedAIForDistributors.com, you will see the website, which we are constantly updating, uh, but you can register there. All right, that's it for the commercials. Let's get to the stars of the show. I'm going to start with uh, Luca. Luca is uh, with ABB, one of the world's largest electrical manufacturers and uh, is one of the sponsors of the research that we did. Luca, thank you for your support in that research. And why don't you take a few minutes and tell us a little bit about your background, uh, what you do at ABB, and also what ABB does. Okay, Ian, hello. Uh, thanks for inviting me. And uh, 
As uh, you said, uh, uh, I'm in charge uh, inside AB of the global e-commerce distribution channel, let's um, say management, and I'm leading the program, which is called Distributor Online Acceleration Program. We call it DOA program. Um, and so uh, my background is uh, coming from engineering. Uh, I, when I graduated from engineering in Politecnico di Milano in, in Italy, I started to work in ABB actually uh, in the back of the, before it was 2000. And then I went out and I had some, uh, let's say, distribution experiences, uh, not in the electrical world, it was in the semiconductor. But uh, thanks to this, I started to have the first touch points on the e commerce approaches back in the 2000s because uh, the company I worked for was one of the leader of the ICT industry and is still one of the leaders in the ICT industry in Europe. And at that time, they were already having, uh, let's say, e-commerce B2B experiences. And so we transferred that kind of experience from, let's say, the mother company into our semiconductor distribution business uh, uh, distributor. And so this is where uh, already more than 20 years ago, I had my first touch points on e-commerce. And so this is why then I ended up in leading this uh, program inside the, uh, inside the, the uh, AB uh, for the electrification. Um, why do I say electrification? Because ABB, for those who don't know us uh, in detail and uh, uh, how we're structured, we are a global company, multinational company, um, representing, uh, uh, we're having four business areas mainly. Uh, the one in which I am is uh, electrification. Then there is, uh, which is, uh, uh, has different divisions cited uh, regarding this smart power products, smart building, installation products. And then we have the other three uh, parallel business areas. One is motion, uh, which is related to drives and motors. And then we have, uh, it's a industrial automation, so the process automation, which is covering more the, let's say, industry. And so uh, the big final customers like oil and gas or, uh, let's say, marine and ports and so on. And then we have the last but not least, which is the robotics and uh, discrete automation. Um, and uh, among these four business areas, I'm hosted inside the electrification one, for which more than 50% of business is done through, uh, let's say, distributors. And so at the end of the day, this is why we're here, and this is where we had the cooperation, because we thought that this uh, messaging that we, we built together was really important for us as a company, but also especially for our customers. So that's why we're here. Wow, that's fantastic. And how big is ABB? Well, we have more than 100,000 uh, employees, uh, let's say, present in, uh, in basically all around the world uh, with a business which is more or less uh, on average among the three areas. So Europe's Americas and, and Asia's. And uh, let's say we offer um, uh, product systems, uh, not only products, but also systems and services. And uh, uh, in several end markets, okay, so renewables, uh, say, uh, distribution, oil and gas, uh, mining, automotive, food and beverage. So we're basically covering all the needs in mm. terms of uh, electrification and uh, all the other, uh, let's say, topics that I mentioned, like, you know, motors and drives serving the industry. And our, let's say, electrification is representing more or less 50% of the business of the overall group. Uh, we are, the, the headquarters is in Zurich, and uh, I'm personally based in Milan, Italy, but I have a global role, so covering uh, let's say basically all the needs that we have in the various regions. Wonderful. Great. Great. Really appreciate that overview. Okay. Ignacio, my friend, uh, your turn to uh, tell us a little bit about what you do and also about Signify. Thank you, Ian. And thanks from, for uh, 
letting me be in this fantastic show. So a little bit about myself. My name is Ignacio, Ignacio Brugel, um, born and raised in Spain, where I'm talking, where I'm right now in Madrid, offices. And um, I work uh, for Signify in the global brand and marketing team. And my role in this, in this team is to work closely with distributors, with international distributors, to support the sales of our products, but also the awareness and, the, and, the, and how much uh, our customers know about our products and systems and, and, and solutions. For this purpose, we have the, the digital, partner, digital Partner Program, which is uh, uh, different marketing resources and services we offer to our customers, to our distributors. And um, yeah, and before that, I have worked in many countries, Belgium, France, um, even did some some uh, volunteering work in the U.S. many years ago. So yeah, and uh, and my education is in marketing in ASIC Business School here in in Madrid. About Signify, there is one thing I, I think I always like to to share to tell to, to when I have a, a, this kind of, of meetings is Signify is the new name for Philips Lighting. We are a 125 years old company or a year old startup as i like to say <laughs> and yeah and we're still innovative and changing and 2018 uh we became an independent company under the name of signify where we commercialized different uh brands in lighting like philips is the most uh well known of course but they also have interact or color kinetics or philips hue like almost up to 40 different brands that's why uh, marketing is so important in, in our in our in organization Fantastic. And how, how big is Signify, if you can disclose it? Yeah, we have around 37,000 37, uh, employees wow. <laughs> uh, across the globe. Our headquarters are in are still in Eindhoven in Netherlands yeah. and in Amsterdam, but we have locations, uh, different headquarters in, around the globe. Madrid is one of them and different parts of, of yeah, Asia and America, of course, too. Yeah. Okay, so we've got two global leaders. One's a global digital leader. One's a global marketing leader. But you both have digital and marketing responsibilities, which means you see distributors from around the world. And that means you've seen the very best, the very worst, and every type of marketing and digital execution um, that distributors do because you have so much more exposure than most distributors do who only know their own environments. So if you are on this call, we have a lot of people on this call live. This is your opportunity to ask questions to two global experts uh, from, from the manufacturer's point of view on how distributors could do a better job of marketing and digital by incorporating the, the capabilities that manufacturers bring to the party. And that doesn't mean you do it poorly. You as, a, you as an individual distributor may do it very well, but nobody does everything well, right? So uh, let's have a really fun dialogue. Let's get some some questions from listeners. Uh, but, uh, you know, the first thing I'd like to do is get the sense from each of you, you know, what do you see as geographic differences, right? So, I mean, I've done a little speaking in Europe and I spoke in, in North America. I see some pretty distinct differences between the marketing and digital capabilities of distributors. And I'm, I'm sure it's, I've, I've heard that in Australia and New Zealand, they're pretty advanced. Uh, the Amer North America overall is a little more advanced, and then Europe is a little bit farther behind. 
But how do you see these? Are there are there geographic trends in terms of marketing and digital capabilities? Ignacio, we'll start with you. All right. Yeah, my experience and my background is mostly with European distributors. Yeah. But still have contact with uh, South American and U.S. distributors and also um, Canada. Uh, for me, the biggest difference is the way uh, U.S. distributors see marketing in a strategic way. Where in Europe, for example, uh, marketing is mostly tactical or short term or mm. based on yeah, promotional maybe. Where what I can see in the U.S. or North America is that the distributors take marketing seriously. And they have the right capabilities in terms of people, resources, and maybe long-term approach. This is so. That's why I always like to interact or know or work with uh, North American distributors because they, they they have they take marketing seriously, and it's always nice for a marketeer like me. <laughs> but having said that, I have seen a tremendous transformation in the last years in Europe as well. Hmm. Maybe due to the influence of U.S. or maybe because of marketplaces coming to Europe to take part of the business of traditional distributors. And I can see that distributors in Europe are, um, are changing faster in the last, I don't know, maybe last two years, uh, because they can see that there are, there are threats for marketplaces and mm. uh, they're taking seriously not only content, but also promotion and also, yeah, um, always on advertising and going from an offline marketing to an online advertising. And I can see that they are coming to us and say, hey, what can we do together? How yeah. can we improve together? And these are the right type of questions to improve in market. So to your question, Ian, I see uh, geographically uh, North America more advanced in marketing than in Europe, but it's, Europe is growing faster. And in um, some other geographies, it's still a very old school marketing in other right. parts of the world. Yeah, so it's more about promotions than it is you know, growing the customer base and which is still necessary. Don't sure. don't don't, don't take me wrong. It's, it's just that marketing can do so much more when you take it uh, um, holistically and 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 in the long term. Okay, so Luca uh, Ignacio is seeing more of a tactical approach in Europe, a more strategic approach in the United States. Europe seems to be closing the gap. I'm sure there are exceptions in, where there's somebody who's very advanced strategically in the UK and someone who's very tactical in the US. So these are just sort of generalizations. What do you see as geographic differences around the world in the way that distributors approach and manage marketing? Well, let's say that we do see some differences, but not so dramatic. Okay. I would rather put it more on a typology of the sector. So this means that, okay, we got the big groups, we got the consortia, we have the smaller ones, so the independent ones. In this case, I can say that, that we can uh, see some real interesting cases on, on both sides. Obviously, the bigger ones have, let's say, more maybe resources and capabilities um, and moving a little bit faster, but also the smaller ones are definitely uh, really changing here. I mean, in certain parts of the areas of the world where you were talking about these discussions, having these kind of discussions uh, uh, two or three years ago, they were far behind. Now they're really moving up fast, at least mm -hmm. trying to understand which is the next steps. Uh, sure, the U.S. maybe it's more, uh, let's say, uh, they're used to that for more than, let's say, more years than in other parts of uh, the world, like in Europe. But I can say that we've seen really interesting cases also uh, outside of the U.S., uh, like uh, loyalty programs or, let's say, uh, real interesting uh, trade marketing initiatives uh, and also the online loyalty programs. Okay, so this is something that uh, we see that uh, 
is uh, is a participation there. Or also in South America, we've seen some partners who really developed uh, interesting platforms uh, that were leveraging on the digital marketing capabilities that they had. And so this was surprising because it was in smaller countries where we never, mm. uh, let's say, thought about. It. And so this really uh, impressed me. So uh, yes, surely the U.S. Is, could be the leaders, but also in, in Europe, which is the market that we know uh, most, despite the fact that we I have a global role, but mainly uh, the bigger distributors that we work with are based in Europe, and this is where maybe we know a little bit better uh, the the geography. Um, but surely we have also interesting examples outside of the US. Okay, and we already have among Europe. There are differences among Europe as well, right? So it's, uh... sure. Yeah, 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 I was, yeah. I, I, was... I, I spoke to electrical distributors in the UK uh, about a little over a year ago, and uh, uh, I looked at the websites of all the of all the distributors in the audience. And there were some that were very sophisticated, and there was one that had wholesaler spelled wrong in big letters on the, <laughs> you know. So it was really a bell curve. Um, okay, so we have a couple of audience questions. Uh, one of them is: uh, In your experience, are marketing co-op programs effective in connecting a unified marketing effort between distributors and manufacturers? In my experience, uh, marketing co-op experiences are the best okay because because we uh we don't do direct business on b2b on professional business so that's why we need our partners our customers our distributors to do together marketing so we can do marketing to increase the awareness of our products and systems and generate demand that go to distributors but it's more effective if we do marketing together in a cooperative way where we disclose the goals, the KPIs, and the resources, and we go hand in hand. So mm. that's, for me, it's the only way we can do marketing in this, in this type of business, going hand in hand with the distributors. So that, but it, that's, it, to make that happen, we also need that the distributors have the right course, marketing resources we were talking about, and resources and attitude and capability, of course. Very good. Uh, I agree. Luca? I agree too. I agree too. Definitely, the, the cooperation there is absolutely fundamental. So, um, defining common goals, so setting common targets, um, and so either on one side investing on the distributors, uh, let's say capabilities, and this is where we encourage them to have, uh, let's say, growing in this uh, kind of uh, uh, approach. But at the same time, even if uh, uh, ABB might invest on own marketing initiatives, they are all aimed at uh, pushing, driving opportunities, leads, or traffic towards the distributor because this is where we jointly cooperate and jointly, uh, let's say, uh, work. So also setting down common beginning of the year or certain moments of the year, key moments of the year, milestones of common uh, programs or common initiatives, that's always the best thing to, to do, uh, to approach. Uh, so yeah. the cooperation, and uh, as we said, also um, not forgetting the basics uh, in terms of really cooperation. This is where yeah. we strongly believe. But this type of cope cope marketing means that the distributor needs to activate the marketing activities. Mm, yeah, so it's sure. a sponsor or it's uh, developed by uh, manufacturers, but at the end, the activation relies on their side. And sometimes for us, manufacturers is kind of a frustrated, frust a bit of a frustration, huh? because yeah. we do everything and we handle everything. And then, hey, now it's up to you to activate. And... Uh, in our side, Signify, we have also consumer business where we activate the campaigns and the marketing. So we are the activators. But in professional business, most of the time, we 
need our partners to activate this type of marketing campaigns. So it sometimes is it's nice. It's a longer process, but it's the only way to to do marketing together. Yes, uh, I agree, Ignacio, and also the fact of uh, sharing opportunities, sharing information of the outcome of the campaigns, in my belief, is something that is fundamental because it's uh, with the results of the initiative that we do together that we understand if we're going in the right direction in terms of strategic planning and execution uh, and then overall as an approach. So uh, I believe that also this uh, information gathered from uh, the distributors toward the manufacturer and vice versa is fundamental because we need to go hand in hand. Because at the end, this is how we see distribution business from our side. I mean, distributors are a long extension, long arm of the manufacturer. I mean, we're not able to reach the end market as they are uh, capable of doing. And so this is why uh, we work together and uh, it, it's a cooperation at the end, uh, which is not only for the traditional marketing or for traditional sales, but also for the digital marketing as well. Excellent. Well, okay, good. Boy, we have four questions. I'm going to try to get to them all if I can. Um, hello, contacting from Uruguay. Thanks for sharing your knowledge. Uh, working in the industrial segment, how effective are AI-based marketing tools? Um, you know, is it feasible to use them to target specific segments? So I don't know if you guys have any expertise in that. We didn't discuss it before the call. It may be too early in the life cycle of AI, but are you seeing any distributors use AI marketing tools yet? Um I've seen virtual reality tools okay. for, educa for educational purposes. And this is something we're also testing, but it's virtual reality in, in the metaverse where we okay. see a lot of potential for education, but not artificial intelligence yet. Same for me. We have not seen anything yet in particular. We have some discussion going regarding uh, content, so dating content, so how that AI can work in that direction. It. But it's not related specifically to marketing tools as such. Yeah? Uh, I mean, it depends on what we what we mean. If we think, and which I believe, data and content is in labor, is strong in labor for marketing initiatives and campaigns, because we cannot uh, forget that before uh, running we need to walk, and before walking we need to crawl. And so I think that sometimes it's better to stop stop a little bit and work on the data and content, enhancing that content, going towards uh, optimization of the information, uh, and then moving towards marketing. And so um, I'm not sure, I don't have any experience yet of judging if this AI topics are a hype at the moment on uh, in certain areas like marketing or more a, a real concrete things. In my opinion, it's too early to say. Yeah, okay, that's fair, I agree. Uh, you know, I have some strong opinions because I've been a VP of marketing at four big distributors. Uh, I see a lot of applications, but I think right now, it, it's it can be a distraction more than a an assist if you're not careful. Um, okay, so uh, but, this go ahead. But if, go ahead. If you, if you allow me, in, because I have for, I remember that um, some days ago a distributor uh, shared with me that they were testing AI to make a specific content for product content. So you know that one of the issues with SEO is that all of us will share the same product description for some mm -hmm. products meaning it has a negative impact on SEO. So this is specific distributor um, disclosed or you know, they were testing or considering to use AI to make a specific content for themselves, mm. to make it different to the rest of the distributors or even manufacturers, which I think it, it might be a solution even not only for, for doing content, but also for translation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if, I, if, I, if I can yeah, maybe add something to that, uh, we, we are now having a, an experience exactly in, in this direction of making a, uh, let's say, traditional 
contact factory approach on a local basis uh, in a traditional manner. It will be interesting to see how AI could bring uh, additional benefit or integrate that. So, uh, to, so to see how uh, we can maybe optimize the process, optimize the costs, but not necessarily could be to it by itself. So putting the two things together will be interesting, in my opinion. Yeah, as a manufacturer I, and with the distributor. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about like working with your manufacturers, one thing I've learned is there's no substitute for getting together and planning together. So, I mean, you can't do it with all of your suppliers, but you're both often one of a distributor's largest suppliers. And so if they call you in October and say, look, we're putting together our marketing plans for the following year, we want to know what your goals are and what your plans and capabilities are so that we can build them into our plans. That's a, a much more reliable way of ensuring alignment between the manufacturer and the distributor uh, than anything else. And, you know, I, in my last job, it was in the construction supplies world, and we used to sit down with Bosch every year and talk about what their plans were in the in the construction world. And... Uh, that m just made for better alignment than with some of the some of our other suppliers because we knew what they were doing and what their objectives were and we could work together on it. So exactly. uh, we have a bunch of questions. So um, so how do you balance the the traditional tr distribution channels with the digital channels? And and I think everybody knows those channels are out there. Um, you know, I had a my, I had a view when I was a VP of marketing for traditional distributors. I knew that my manufacturers were going to sell through digital channels. I just wanted the rules of the road to be clear, so I knew, you know, what what I was going to get and how I could differentiate my value proposition from the digital players. Um, how do you think about balancing these channels that can sometimes be in conflict? Um, I, I think that here it's uh, it's a matter of being capable of uh, uh, leveraging on the capabilities and characteristics of a traditional distribution channel, and with as a manufacturer uh, working together to let's say on one side provide our let's say tools our capabilities and let them grow together with us, okay, and uh, leveraging on their core capabilities and core elements differentiate with the. Uh, let's say digital channels, because there are some things that digital channels, despite the efficiency that they can put in place, especially for the logistics. I mean, this is something that nobody can deny. But some investment they will never do, because by definition and by nature, it's not part of their goal and mission, business-wise, to have instead the investments that, by definition, the traditional distribution channel does, such as capability of reaching, as I said before. So. Uh, Salesforce on on the market, um, and let's uh, say added value information that they can provide, such as using uh, uh, enhanced content or uh, uh, let's say configurators that can help to train their customers. And so, I, I think it's it's this uh, uh, let's say leveraging on their traditional characteristics, not forgetting to not forget let's say abandon the basics, as we said. But at the same time, growing and adding on top these new digital capabilities. Yeah. Uh, so this is what would my would be my first uh, take state. Yeah, and 
I always like to say or remember that internet is disintermediation. Eh? Like uh, internet is breaking the traditional channel, right? And the end user can go directly to manufacturers and interact yeah. with us directly. All right. Having said that, um, we still need our partners. We need still our distributors to bring value to the market. Yeah. And uh, they play a fantastic role and a very important role in terms of warehousing, finance, services, uh, capillarity to, uh, to, to reach as many users as possible. So we know that we potentially we could go direct, but it's not in our intention. We, we still rely on the channel and we need them. We need them strong. We need them to compete with this uh, uh, new marketplace, new online players, which are yeah. now new in the market. And, uh, and um, this is our, yeah, the approach of Signify. It's also the professional products are not something easily to be sold um, by directly, yeah. we, don't have, we don't have the structure, the knowledge that these distributors. Yeah, but also, have. Our manufacturing capabilities are not structured to have a end reach on the end customer. And so this is why we rely on the characteristics and capabilities of our distributors. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I think uh, a lot of times the digital channels are serving a different customer. Um, and a good example of that is Granger. So you know, Granger launched Zora, which is a pure marketplace. Uh, several years ago, Zorro's now hit a billion dollars, but Granger, who owns Zorro, says there's no channel conflict because the buyers who are on Zorro weren't buying from Granger to begin with. It's there's there are these smaller customers; they're farther away from Granger branches. They they don't have sales relationships with them, um, and uh, I think that's often true with these pure digital channels. Is not that there's no overlap in the market; there is some. But for the most part, they're they're different customer groups. Exactly. Another story is about um, generating demand in digital channels. We, yeah. as manufacturers, we have a strong brand, we have a strong online visibility, and we can generate leads that we can transfer to our partners in the distribution channel. That's something we do, and that's something that we normally do because we are able to generate this, this kind of demand. And right. uh, but we don't fulfill; we uh, handle to our partners. Sure. So uh, one uh, listener is asking, um, managing content uh, for thousands of products can be challenging for distributors, especially in like niche verticals. Um, how do you help or what resources do you offer to allow distributors to manage product data you know, more easily? And then that's their question. I will add, to what degree are distributors taking you up on the services you have today <laughs> that, you know, cause my impression is, you know, that yeah, manufacturers could do a better job with product data, but a lot of distributors aren't using the product data that's available. So, yeah. you know, wh wh what right. do you see? That's exactly the case. Huh? Like uh, we could do better our job in terms of product data accuracy and completeness, but also the way we send data, product data to our distributors, there's a lot of room for improvement. Uh, at Signify, uh, we still uh, we uh, we uh, promote the usage of BMCAT files, which is a European standard, mostly. Uh, but we need to improve. We need to integrate ERP systems with our product database systems and make a seamless connection from both databases. And that's the future of content syndication. Because when I have conversation with our distributors, the biggest issue and the basis is product data and the way they get data from us. 
And uh, we need to improve. We need to send better content, more complete and accurate without our mistakes. Not done yet. We're not done yet, to be honest. And send it in a way or syndicate it in a way with our distributors, which doesn't cause so many problems to them. And I, I know there are, um, it's not the solution is not on our side, on their side, it's on both sides. We need to right. collaborate better. We yeah. need a lot of data strategies. We need a lot, a lot of resources in that, in that direction. I, I totally agree, Ignacio. Uh, we're experiencing the same, uh, same, same experiences. Uh, same things. Um, we also, uh, let's say, support the BMA Cat the file, which is not only now European, it's also exported in other parts of the world. Uh, but at the same time, being flexible in delivering content in way in data in the way that uh, they say maybe some minor distributors are not able to to consume. Uh, and this is also why we support the collaboration with the let's say aggregators. So every maybe country or region have some specific uh, concentrators of dispatching and syndication tools. Uh, like in uh, US, we have uh, DDS, for example. Sure. Uh, which is one of the most, uh, let's say, used by the online distributors. And so cooperating with these guys is fundamental so that we can you know, provide what this, they're used to use to get data from. But at the same time, some set of information still need to be sent directly to the distributor because there may be sale data or, let's say, more uh, local information. So also another element of complexity is what are the global products versus the local products and how these are dispatched because not all even the big distributors have even if they're global have one entry point and so i, I think that uh, one of the biggest challenges undoubtedly as a manufacturer we need to improve the data because uh, providing the right you know information is fundamental uh, but before going into enhanced data uh, so like uh, evolved uh, even say a complex uh, uh, videos or 3d images and so on right also also starting from the date from the from the basic data is, is fundamental and also understanding how the distributors are able to consume the information that we share because we find out sometimes that we provide information to the aggregators at a certain level of quality that we think and then when you start going into details with the distributors, you find out that they're missing some basic stuff such as hmm. the distributor's website is not able to consume that attribute and so why do we need to work so strongly and push ourselves so hard in providing data or content that then the distributor is not able to, to consume right? Uh, and at a certain point? Or maybe it takes uh, several weeks for them to consume because they're not, their system not able to, to grab them. So, Yeah. And they're often under-investing in e-commerce, right? Because they're measuring it wrong. And yeah. so, you know, there's this white paper is coming out. Uh, so for people who are on the webinar, you can see a little bit, this white paper is coming out, uh, next week, which is, you know, 20 plus pages of how distributors can leverage marketing services and digital excellent to become excellence, to become more important to manufacturers. And one of the things we cover is that, um, a lot of distributors, they measure their website effectiveness based on the shopping cart. And in B2B, there are an awful lot of customers, probably most customers, who, uh, at least in the electrical category, who they may shop on the website, but they're not likely to check out on the website. I mean, they're going to send in a PO because that's how they purchase and they need to get an approval from their boss. So they have to route it through them. Or maybe they'll call it in to try to get a better price. But what we've seen is, and we've done some research on this, and it's based on like 1,800 responses. Only one time in six will a customer 
check out on the shopping cart for an order that they that they put together online. Five times out of six, if it goes to an order, they're going to call it in or they're going to send it in by email, which is the most common. And so what happens is these distributors think that their websites are producing much less return on investment than they really are. So they're not enhancing them in a way that lets them bring in that product data. And they're not subscribing to these services that where you're syndicating your data. And they're not investing in search and images and, and spending time upgrading their websites because they think their websites are losing them money when in fact their websites are actually making them a lot of money. They're just measuring it incorrectly. Um, it, 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 are you seeing that um, in your distributors where they just assume since the shopping cart volume is low that the the website's not having a big impact on sales? Yeah, and I, I like how you have summarized that, Ian, because that, that's exactly the problem. This simplification that B2C e-commerce is the same than B2B e-commerce. Right. It doesn't apply. On B2B, the, 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 the journey is different. The, the, it's, it's a professional buyer with different price conditions, with different needs and sometimes negotiation. So maybe he's taking information on the e-commerce platform, but maybe the purchase is done is done sometime later after an email or through the procurement platform, for example, in Sapariva, things like that. So yeah, uh, many distributors, um, I think that they're measuring wrongly the performance of their local e-commerce. And they are not taking the, the, the advantage of the possibilities that they can then to integrate their e-commerce into procurement platforms. And this is the biggest opportunity, how you integrate your professional e-commerce into professional uh, purchase platforms to gain, to gain visibility, but also to get put out uh, possibilities. Yeah. And um, for example, we like to measure like digital sales based on web uh, web uh, web purchases up, but mostly uh, system to system purchases, mm. ERP to ERP. This is where the B two B growth is and the opportunities are, which right. are not in the B two C e commerce. I, I hate it when people uh, simplify B two C e commerce is the same as B two B. No, no, it's not the same. I wish right. it were the same. It's much, 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 much more complex. Right. Yeah, yeah. So that, yes, I, this, that's the situation. Yeah, we see the same thing, especially because, uh, you know, the B2B buyer journey is much longer, much more complex than the B2C one. And right. so being it longer and the touch points. And if you think about the complexity that a buyer has inside his own, own organization, like, you know, they have to get in touch with the engineering department, the purchase department. They might have also uh, budget limitations or restrictions. All these elements are complicating the journey. Therefore measuring as we said the, the the web shop development only on sales is incorrect because we're losing the biggest part of the opportunity which is what we say research online and purchase offline right. so how can you know and this is also a limiting factor of the investment is on digital marketing i believe that measuring digital marketing investments only on the sales results this is not the right way to invest and measure that kind of initiative because we never know how long it will take the journey. We're not buying a sneaker. We're not buying a, a T-shirt. Where you know, uh, yesterday I was interesting. I was uh, I received a an a a from McDonald's app and advertised, hey, uh, between uh, January 15th and 18th, you're going to be if you go there, you have a discount. Well, I went there, 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, because uh, it's a B2C consumer kind of approach. But when we talk about B2B, it's much more complex. And the timeline of the investment is much longer. So this is why digital marketing returns should not be measured only in, okay, in two months or three months. It's the overall approach and the uh, relationship that the, mar- the manufacturer needs to have with the distributor. And I believe that this goes back to the importance for distributor to have and embrace a digital sales transformation journey. Right. We've seen many cases of distributors, uh, typically the smaller ones, but independent, but not necessarily, that invested money in creating web shop, websites with web shop capabilities. And then they said, okay, it's not successful. And okay, I close it. Because digital sales is not creating a website. I mean, you can spend $2,000 to create a website with e-commerce capabilities, but then you need to have all the elements inside the organization that goes into that direction. Yeah to allow that transformation from a sales perspective. We did an analysis for an electrical distributor and they had less than 1% of their sales coming through their website, but they offer a lot of information online. So you could check your accounts and make payments and expedite orders and look up technical information, et cetera. And the correlation between annual purchase volume and web usage by the customer was 0.991. The more the customer was on their website, the more they bought, but almost none of it was coming through the website. But the website was so valuable. This is to your point, Luca. The web website offered so much value to the customer that if the more they used it, the more they bought from the distributor overall, but it wasn't going to the website. So, you know, to your point, it's the wrong measurement. It's the wrong measurement because that's not how business buyers buy. And it's the wrong measurement because very often the main value of a distributor's website isn't the purchasing. It's all of the customer service and information and managing of quotes and everything else that that business customers do online that consumer customers do not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. I agree. Um, Do you think that manufacturers are... Are uh, uh, could do more product marketing with video. Um, you know, I know I see an increasing number of videos on consumer websites. Um, you know, do, do you do you produce videos about your products and are and is that going into like the DDS data set or other data sets? Uh, and is it getting used by customers? Do you have do you have a feel on that? Well, we are we are increasing the let's say the our internal capabilities of creating videos starting from 3D, 3D images or creation of 3D images. And these are requested more and more by the biggest distributors. Um, we also have, from their feedbacks, uh, a positive correlation between those product deal pages which have videos are, hmm. uh, say, selling more and faster than the ones that don't have. So we're investing in that direction. Uh, it's not an easy task for a manufacturer like ADB, where you know, a pure hardcore engineering company to transport itself, uh, it will take time. But we're investing in that direction. Uh, we do have some how-to videos, uh, so how to install, how to train, and, and so on. Uh, and so the point is to try to find a good balance between a pure ad video, you know, 45, 50 seconds, versus a five, six minutes of a how-to, which is, right. we have plenty of them on YouTube. So we, we are investing that. Okay, it's not the top priority, but surely we are going in that direction. Same same for us. Uh, we are being requested by distributors to um, to send uh, videos not only uh, uh, about the product, but the application, the how to. 
how to install those products, educational videos, which is a challenge for us, which is a challenge in terms of capacity, budget, resources, and that. But we understand that uh, good visual content helps the online conversion of our products in the distributors' uh, um, platforms. But uh, yeah, we're going to that direction. Uh, we are also considering to use different technologies and platforms to do visuals in a much yeah, efficient way. Um, but that's that's the, that's the future. Huh? We're moving from com, com, from copy to audiovisual content. Got it. Okay, good, the, good. The, Go ahead. The, the only thing is that uh, uh, we cannot make uh, a specific content for every distributor. And we sometimes right. we are requested right. to make we need a specific content for us. Okay, no, we, we can't. We can't. Right. When AI will be there, we can do that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So we, we can give you the our marketing resources and this, and then you can customize for your, but uh, not possible. So when we talk about strategic marketing, one of my beliefs is that the marketing department needs to take ownership over the customer life cycle, which is prospecting for new customers, addressing and reducing attrition, you know, stop customers from leaking out of the bottom of the bucket, and then growing existing customers. And, you know, if if that's your goal, then you can see where things like promotional campaigns fit into it um, or where web sales fit into it. But those are just the tactics. The goal, the, the strategy is to manage the customer lifecycle. Do you agree with that? And, and and do you, you don't have to name them if you don't want to, but do you see distributors that do a good job with that? You know, I've seen some um, independent distributors doing a good job in that direction without okay. knowing that that is marketing. You know, because, <laughs> right. you know, they have by, by, by nature, they have a good um, customer-centric approach for this kind, not only acquiring new customers, also cultivating or nurturing these this customers to increase the value in the lifetime, but they do it without knowing that they do it. They're doing marketing. You know what I Interesting. mean? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's like, especially Southern Europe knows it's like a personal relationship with customers where they yeah. cultivate that in informal way without using the marketing platforms or technology. But apart from that, it's not. I think distributors don't have this kind of marketing platforms yet, or I'm not aware of myself. Yeah, I agree. It's not so analytical yet. It's more a kind of uh, probably good uh, capability, good habit, rather than you know knowing that I'm doing uh, customer lifecycle management. Like you know, I retain the customer, I measure the number of customers that I lose, how do I retain, and so on. So it's a matter more of initiatives which can be done by the distributor or something that can be done together with us. Uh, for example, some we have had in the goal of uh, obtaining new customers and customers from our side in cooperation with the distributors. We have had some recent interesting experiences with some of the distributors in organizing webinars, for example. So we define a specific subject, specific matter. We do the webinar together, and then we nurture those leads together. We share them to the uh, to the distributor so that they can you know, work, uh, work it out. And we do a, a further follow-up of those uh, leads that we get. Um, so this is something that uh, that we've seen. Yeah, but uh, but I think Ian, to your question, that also uh, we, as my friend, we have to improve the the data-driven marketing plans. Huh? Right. Mostly, still in the year twenty twenty-four, uh, we do marketing based on opinions or 
Yeah. Yeah, no, like, not, not, not facts or figures. Right. Uh, we, 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 we're changing, or the, 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 the whole industry, the, the sector is changing, or the industry is changing, uh, but um, yeah, we have to do better. Yeah, so, I think they defined the proper KPIs at the beginning and being scientific and measuring them along the, uh, let's say, span of the initiative is something that uh, is, uh, is fundamental and, and important. One thing that I can share, Ian, is our experience in terms of uh, uh, challenges that we faced in measuring the results of the campaign. Uh, due to the complexity of the campaign, which could be multi-source, multi-touchpoint, having something that can easily measure all this data along the campaign, it's something challenging. So we do it either yeah. internally or with the external support of agencies. But I think that this is something that inside our B2B world we still need to have. Also, as a manufacturer, we have, let's say, areas of improvement. Or even, uh, even look, even the, the distributors are not uh, monitoring the, the performance of this KPI. Yeah. So exactly. they don't, it's not a question they don't have the data, it's that they don't have the culture of data. Yeah. And yeah, or maybe data, they're not... Oh, they're, they're, they're simplifying the campaign performance only based on sales and not the rest of marketing KPIs and that. And that's yeah. um, sometimes for marketeers is frustrating because they don't have uh, a, a, a marketing data culture. So yeah, if, there's no, if there's no marketing data, we, don't, we cannot improve. And I always, uh, I don't like the, when we simplify the marketing performance of a campaign, but only based on sales. Yeah. You know, sales is a consequence at the end of the funnel. There are marketing KPIs that we need to monitor together, you and, you and me to improve. And that's the situation now in the year 2024, at least, at least in Europe, that's what I've seen. I agree. Or also another element is the capability of the distributor to select the proper external digital agency. Because obviously we endorse the fact that distributors should have internal digital marketing capabilities, but also using external resources. But when you use external resources, you should try to avoid selecting an agency, which is you know just providing you, let's say, uh, media spend or uh, asset generation. I think the strategy here is to find agencies that can really bring and add value so adding on top of the traditional things uh, services such as you know strategical insights um or new ways of reading data and and giving maybe suggestions to making specific campaigns like i don't know geotargeting or um blending on and offline thing, uh, opportunities for example yeah. so um I, i'm gonna we're gonna do two more questions before we go um so one person's asking um, about the topics when we were talking about, you know, measuring ROI and have understanding the real purpose of a website isn't just to drive shopping cart sales like it is in B2C. Uh, he's saying, how important is education for distributors on these topics to solving the problems? So just, you know, this white paper that we put together with your support addresses all those issues. And we have been doing research, to your point, Ignacio, and we understand uh, that distributors don't get it. They don't understand that the mar marketing needs to be strategic. It needs to address the customer lifecycle. The website's not – is. The, the website's uh, shopping cart sales for many distributors really is not a major part of its of its role or importance. Um, and we can tell you how to go after these things and how to measure them and how to quantify them and how to use data that can help you set your marketing budget and understand your return. 
But how do we get the word out there? I mean, I assume you'll be promoting this paper to your distributors and we need to get it out to others. Um, but I feel like I've been saying the same thing, you know, at every different keynote that I do. And it's just not a big enough audience. We have to get this culture of measurement, to your point, and this understanding of the real role of e-commerce and the true strategic potential of marketing into the heads of distributors so that they can really optimize their performance. Any any ideas on how we get that message out there in a bigger way? I mean, you you both supported this research, so you're doing your part already. Uh, but what else can we do? Talk, 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 explain, 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 over and over again. This is my experience. Starting yeah. from the basics, ABC, and continue doing that. I mean, I'm surprising some. I received today an email from someone uh, saying, asking me something, saying, "Hey, I saw this on the product page of uh, one of our countries, and can you tell me more?" I said, okay, but I told you this at least 20 times already. And this is an ABB colleague. And right, so right. imagine with the distributors, we need to do this even more, okay? Right. And so I think that uh, participating and having the opportunity to to work together with uh, with ESG and you, Ian, on this uh, white paper is exactly going this direction. Um, and so, and one of the things that I've learned working on this paper is that if you keep, if you read the single elements one by one, they say, come on, it's obvious. Why should I read this paper? Right. But if you stop a second and you put all the points together and draw the lines among all the possible touch points, then I can I can swear that we have less than one hand all over the world this was capable of doing all those things that are written in that paper. Yeah. I can I can bet. And one thing we can do as manufacturers is uh, whenever we have um, interaction with distributors is to put marketing in the agenda of our conversations with distributors, mm. not from the very early beginning, where the uh, objectives are defined, when we have the first conversation, marketeers, we should go with the sales team to meet the distributors and put marketing in the agenda. Sometimes we have to be, uh, we have to prove that marketing pays off, that doing marketing in the right way, in a competitive way, pays off, and be patient, uh, educate, but also be humble and listen to the distributors. Uh, it's not only about us telling them what to do, it's firstly listen to them, their needs, and how we can help them for marketing. And so if, you are, if we are pragmatic and we listen to them carefully, then we can come with marketing solutions to them, and they will be happy to apply together. It's, the, it's a, just a question of time. Um, yeah. the, the arrival of online pure players is transforming this Right. And the disintermediation. So it's just a question of uh, new generations of management at distributors. And it's just, it's just there. Okay, so we're almost out of time. So you have one minute each. So I ask you to hold it to one minute. Michelle, We're going to give Michelle from Mexico the last question. Um, and she's asking, how do we... Uh, well, let me, I'm going to rephrase it a little bit. If you had just two or three tips to give a distributor on how to create digital success in their company, two or three things that they can leave this call from and go start working on, um, what would you tell them? Wow. Uh, start, start, my first recommendation will, will be start by the basics. Um, so fixing the right basics. You need, if you want to succeed in online, you need the, the good um, structure, good capabilities in terms of resources, team, but also put digital in the management team agenda. It should be a priority for the management team. And then when you have clear your clear ideas or your objectives, then you have to 
team up, collaborate with your most with your with your suppliers, with your manufacturers, and uh, and disclose where your objectives and how manufacturers can help you. So, structure, resources, uh, priority for the management team. Otherwise, it will it will never be it will never be a success. And then rely on work together with your partner. Great, Luca, you got one minute. Yeah, okay, one minute. Uh, I would say, as I said also before, plan. So make sure that digital sales is a transformation. So it's a journey. It's not that we start now and then we close in, let's say, one month. No, it's a journey. It's a continuous uh, learn, try, mistake, error, and so on. So it's like a, a, a startup approach. Uh, so MVP, I, I do something, I, I, I improve, and then I do a mistake and I go back. And having the manufacturers along this journey to go with them and making sure that they... Um, a dedicated budget, but not budget in terms of necessary economical resources, but really making sure that this is well understood and perceived as strategical for the overall organization of your company. So it's a start, and then the end will be not, you don't see that. Right, right. Fantastic. Great answers. Okay, so I could get everybody to hold on for just one more minute. We do have a couple of upcoming programs. Um, on January 24th, we have the State of AI and Distribution. This is a research-based activity, um, and you'll you'll hear uh, Jonathan Bine, who's got a PhD in computer science in AI and is my business partner, uh, give you an update on what the State of AI in Distribution is. That's sponsored by our friends at Epicor and a Hawk Search by Bridgeline. On January 31st, uh, we will have a distribution leader panel. We have one person so far, Scott Sinning, who's been a long time at Graybar. Uh, and we will be talking about pricing precision, maximizing profit margins. That's brought to you by uh, uh, pros.ai uh, and also Mighty Rep. So thanks to those organizations. Luca, Ignacio, fantastic discussion. I'm sorry we did, to the attendees that we didn't get to uh, all of your questions, but it was a really a rich discussion, and I appreciate so much you making time to join us today. Thank you so thanks much. Thanks so much, AM. And thanks, right. Ignacio. For the, for the, Thank you, Luca. All right, everyone. Thanks Bye -bye. for joining us on the Wholesale Chain Show, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Yeah.